0: Uh, hey everybody welcome back to the keep it simple podcast if you've caught this you're with us for episode 19 and today we're in for a treat Uh, we've got one of my newer friends um, Josiah Key uh, on the podcast today Josiah uh, is a gifted uh, Christian believer um, he, um, is a cinematographer, a videographer, a photographer, um, really, really a creative guy. And this episode is going to be unique in that, um, Josiah, I just really met and am getting to know. And, uh, so it's the first one we're 19 episodes in. It's the first time, um, that we're having anybody on that I have not journeyed with deeply for a long time. Um, that being said, I do expect from... kind of humble beginnings Josiah and and I will end up journeying together for years ahead but Josiah thank you for making time carving out time to come on the podcast.
1: Yeah of course thanks for having me uh it's a great honor to be here I told you before we started I've listened to a couple episodes and uh love what you're doing and it's an honor to be here so thank you.
0: Absolutely man yeah so we came to know each other um uh through Brandon Freebie Uh, I'd have to go back and look what episode Brandon was but for those of you that are listening um, we got a lot of response from Brandon's episode. A lot of people from South Georgia reached out wanting to connect with Brandon, and and uh, I came to know Josiah. Uh, I guess first through Tim Rost. It's interesting that Tim kind of weaves a thread through a lot of these episodes. At some point, we got to have Tim on. But I guess I first met you just in passing. Uh, you and Echo uh, were working yeah. at Thrive up in Fayette, and uh, Tim and I stopped in for a sandwich one day. Um, And I got to meet you. Your name is what stuck with me. Josiah uh, stuck with me from that encounter. And then here in Brandon, you know, it's like you hear about somebody for so long that you almost kind of get to where you feel like you know them. Um, And then you finally get to meet them. And so hearing about you uh, from Tim and and Brandon and then finally getting able to sit down uh, and have a meal with you a few weeks ago, then kind of begin a relationship and get to know you uh, has been really, really cool. Um, so uh, the podcast, basically the Simplify Project as a whole, is all about um, uh, authentic community, um, creating authentic community, the importance of authentic community. Um, obviously, we, most of us practice the Christian faith. A lot of our faithful listeners are Christians as well. And so if you would, just kind of, I, I would love to hear, because I don't know it, I would love to kind of hear your story. I guess we can start with your background, where you're from, kind of family structure. I know you have brothers. Um, and then your introduction into the Christian faith, if you would, just kind of share that with us.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'm from here, basically. I've kind of lived within a about a 35-mile radius my whole life, uh, which is fine. Not complaining about that at all. Yeah, uh, I love where I live. Uh, so I grew up outside of uh, Boonesboro. I'm not sure if you know where that is yet. I don't. Yeah, uh, it's out there in the sticks, in the river bottoms, as we call it. Uh, okay. But uh, about 25 minutes from here, which is Fayette. So I'm mostly here um, in Fayette for work these days. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, from uh, over by Boonesboro, and uh, I grew up with uh, two incredible parents, very very loving parents, uh, yeah. in love with the Lord, uh, and had. Uh, we'll have two brothers and a sister uh, that are wonderful, uh, all younger, and really, really great uh, siblings and friends of mine. So I had a, a super great upbringing. Um, I mean, really, really easy, uh, loving family, good environments, and, uh, and grew up in, in the church. Uh, my, Well, really, both my grandfathers are pastors and, and have been for most of their lives. Wow. Uh, my dad's dad is in Boston, so I don't see him a whole lot, uh, and he's since retired Uh, as has my mom's dad. But my mom's dad uh, is a pastor uh, and has pastored many churches all over Howard County, um, New Franklin, I think uh, Centralia, and most recently Boonville First Christian Church. Uh, So I was around things with the Lord from as long as I can remember. Um, And a lot of my formational stuff was we did house church with my grandfather. So we live just about half a mile down the road from him. And uh, he started doing house church with us. Uh, Probably when I was six or eight, something like that. And uh, I started just kind of uh, reading the Bible with us and teaching us uh, just with me, my siblings, my parents, and my aunt and uncle and their kids. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was really, really impactful for me. Um, But I also grew up in faith family, which is where I'm sitting right now. Um, So my parents were uh, the youth leaders for a little while. And I was going here um, from, I think, the time I was born until probably around six or eight when we transitioned to house church Um, and that was really just it got complicated to get four kids uh, into town for church every week and yeah uh, we started doing the house church thing Uh, so I think the first time I can remember really experiencing God was actually here in this building um, just 75 feet that way Uh, I was sitting kind of where the college students sit on a Sunday morning uh, and I just remember feeling during worship uh, just something come over me some Peace that came over me, and, and you know now I know that to be the presence of the Lord. But that was the first time I'd experienced that, and so I remember that um, very vividly. And that was probably—I don't remember exactly when—probably around six or seven, if I had to guess. Um, wow, I remember that. And then the second one that really sticks out to me was uh, when I was ten. Um, I remember I, I was always afraid of the dark as a kid, mm-hmm. um, and I remember one night just laying on my bed, really frightened of. I don't really know what but I remember just uh, calling out to the Lord in that moment and feeling immediately comforted and that fear removed and uh, it was just like man this is this is real this is something that I can get behind and really put my trust in uh, so I remember getting baptized I think a couple weeks later by my my grandfather my mom's dad in his uh, in his farm pond and that mm-hmm. was kind of the start of my faith walk and then Unfortunately, I have to say, I kind of stayed in that state of being a baby believer, as we say, for probably the next seven or eight years, all the way through high school. Um, I believed and I prayed from time to time, but never really opened the word, never really engaged in community beyond our little house church circle. Uh, I just kind of lived in that state for all the way through you know, school. And then uh, I would say really the next the next encounter I had with the Lord was when I was choosing a college to go to. Uh, so all through high school, I planned on doing engineering of some sort, uh, either like mechanical or electrical. That was kind of my plan all the way through high school. And I, I just felt the Lord, um, through, he was my band teacher at the time. Uh, he was starting a music ministry program at central Methodist university here in Fayette. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he, he told me about it. He offered me, um, you know, like an interview basically to join the program because I was, w- was going to be one of the first people to go through that program with him. Um, and it was a total 180 from where I was headed, of course. And uh, I'd even just started playing music like the year before. So that was not really something in my wheelhouse, but for some reason it just, again, that sense of peace and that sense of uh, calling came over me again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I pretty quickly committed to that and ended up going to CMU to study music ministry. And uh, that's really where I began to to grow and my faith began to take root in my heart. Um, I think it was seeing other people my age living out their faith. I had seen older people my whole life uh, following the Lord and, and living for Him. And I kind of thought it was just something that I would grow into eventually. yeah, and just yeah. sort of take place naturally when I got yeah. older. Um, and when I got to see people my age engaging in singing to the lord engaging in the word engaging in fellowship and confession and all those things uh, i began to see that like this is it's on me to pursue this like if i want to have a relationship with the lord uh, he's not the limiting factor it's entirely me Uh, and so it was was really a wake-up call to see like this the time is now (laughs) there's nothing stopping me uh and so it was really through the navigators uh navigators who i'm working with now Um, that I met those people and found that community. Um, so yeah, it was, that was 2016. And for the next three and a half years that I was there, it was tons of growth. Um, certainly far from perfect now, but I had a lot of growth in that period and began to really fall in love with the Lord and really pursue him Mm -hmm. with my whole life. Um, so yeah, since then it's been, um, you know, since college. We'll probably get into what that has looked like at some point, but uh, yeah. just been trying to continue that trend and, and stay on that upward path. And my faith walk has definitely not just been one consistent upward path, it's dips and valleys, and you know, like all of ours are, but that trend has continued upwards and, and my relationship with the Lord. And so that's been my, my goal is just try to go closer to Him every day, whether I'm feeling it or not. Um, but yeah, in a nutshell, that's kind of my testimony where I've come from where i'm at so uh yeah. yeah does that answer your question oh yeah that's
0: perfect dude there's so much there to unpack. so going all the way back to the river yeah. bottoms you know yeah. growing up in the river bottoms um just just so kind of from afar i've started following you and watching your videos the different uh uh shorts i don't know what you call them what do you call them what's the cool thing are they like i know it's I cinematography know but <laughs> are they movies are they what do you what do you call the movie I call them movies. What what is it that you put out? Like the micro-fishing? is that sure, a movie? Yeah.
1: I guess I guess you could call them short films. That feels like a little bit pretentious to me, but um, yeah, just videos. Yeah. It's like I guess you could call them reels okay uh, but i'm I'm not real up with pop culture so i think that's yeah me either so
0: videos me. doesn't seem to do it justice reels definitely doesn't reels to me are sure. hot garbage but i mean they're so well done and they really are like uh they're micro movies i mean you're telling sure. a yeah. story an entire story but my point in that rambling is going back to this river bottoms deal so you have a sincere love for the outdoors like i very i don't know you very well Um, but just looking at things you post, looking at the projects that you're working on, hearing you like the one time that we got to break bread together, I think the next week or so, you and your brother were headed out kind of into the Badlands and uh, doing a lot of tent camping and just kind of off-grid work and video. I guess you were doing some video work. And um, so does that love for the outdoors, does that track back to these river bottoms like being raised kind of out of the city and, and, and did you have freedom to just kind of run and, and cover ground and, and be in the woods?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so my, my grandfather that I've talked about, he he's a farmer. Um, he and his wife have been farmers their whole lives. So he's, he's done farming, carpentry and preaching has been his whole life. Um, awesome. And so they, they have probably 400 acres or so that uh, my parents live on and then my aunt and uncle live on. So it's kind of our own little clan right there yeah. in the river bottoms. Um, so absolutely growing up, I mean, I spent my spent my free time running around in the woods, um, camping, making bows and arrows, and all sorts of stuff kids do. But really, just running around the land and uh, spending lots of time outdoors. Mm-hmm. Um, I was homeschooled for the first part of my life until about third grade, uh, and so I didn't have a lot of like interpersonal interaction with other people. And so like a lot of my early life was. Just spent kind of outdoors. A lot of it mm-hmm. on my own, uh, and so definitely, I think a love for the outdoors comes from from those raisings. Yeah.
0: And and where are you in the order as far as siblings? Are you oldest, middle? Where are you in the in the birth order?
1: Yeah, I'm oldest, and then my brother okay. Noah is. Uh, he's twenty-one. Timothy's twenty, and Joanne is about to turn eighteen. I think okay. I got that right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, you're the oldest um I am. Yep. so so that love for the outdoors then being raised in the river bottoms and turned loose just to be able to roam and explore and and um, I wonder how much of that poured into your creative ability too, you know to to the the creative side and the way that that your brain works um Just as you were talking, kind of sharing the snippets, um, the cliff notes of your testimony, it dawned on me like, we got to get you and Michael Meeks hooked up. I don't know if you've listened to Michael's episode. You mentioned before we came on that you've listened to kind of parts and pieces of a few, but I would encourage you to go back. I don't remember how many weeks ago it was and listen to Michael Meeks' episode. Uh, If and when we have the Simplify Retreat, I would imagine the two of you uh, will hit it off very, very well. He, um, there's a lot of parallels. Um, but he is a creative, uh, in- incredibly gifted and creative just like you and, and, uh, the sincerity uh, relationally and then seeking Jesus. Um, I think the two of you would, uh, mesh well. So awesome. <clears throat> you talked about how you are now working where you worship and, yep. uh, 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 that can be both a blessing and a curse, right? So there's pros and cons yeah. to that. Um, what is it like? How a how long? So you're at Faith Family. Uh, Faith Family Christian is it Christian Church or Community Church? Uh,
1: Faith Family Church is our official name. Faith Family yeah. Church
0: in Fayette, Missouri. How long have you worked there?
1: I've been on staff for. Uh, I came on like right when COVID hit. So okay. like coming up on. Four years or... Yeah, that's right. Coming up on four years. Yeah. Yeah,
0: four years. And so what's it like to work where you worship or to worship where you work? That's um, it's a super slippery slope uh, for a young guy. Uh, what has been your experience worshiping where you work and vice versa?
1: Yeah, that's a really great question. Um, I think the challenge is for me personally almost more worshiping while I'm working. Um, okay. So like my position here is overseeing media and technology for the church okay and so uh every sunday i'm I'm doing something Uh, it could be something simple where i can pretty easily multitask and and be running my station and worshiping at the same time um but you know just right before this podcast you know tons of tech issues and as you're well aware i'm sure uh technology just seems to have a mind of its own and so Mm -hmm. every sunday something's going wrong there's something to fix um or there's, you know, people are calling in sick and you got to cover multiple stations. So mm-hmm. uh, oftentimes it's during worship. Uh, I mean, either working one or multiple positions. And so it's uh, it's it's the space, certainly getting out of mm-hmm. the mindset of this is the workplace, but also uh, our times of worship are still sort of work hours for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's really, really challenging. It, it really is. Um, and if I'm being honest, like I've just not been good at it lately. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I probably haven't engaged fully in worship in a little bit um, during, our, our, during our church services. Yeah. Uh, it's super challenging um, for music, especially because I'm almost always either running sound or on stage playing uh, for the message. I've gotten pretty good at that because uh, I just get my notebook out and I really intentionally take notes mm-hmm. and that kind of forces me to listen and pay attention. So that's gotten easier uh, as I've been more intentional with it. Mm-hmm. but the, uh, the musical side of things is really, really tough. So uh, I used to be really good at this. And I need to get back to it, but um, I really intentionally find time to worship outside of the church um, yes. through song. Just I, I really believe in singing to the Lord, uh, whether it's congregationally or by myself. Uh, and so I will either sing along with you know, Spotify or get up my guitar and, and sing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really try to find that time outside of church uh, to supplement that, because I think it's a crucial part of our diet as believers. Uh, but yeah, it's it's challenging. That's a great question.
0: Yeah, yeah. And that, uh, So next week, Alexandria Simonton is going to come on, and I can't wait to talk to her. But uh, at Charities, we had a friend of ours got married at New Year's Eve, and um, I was a bridesman, which was interesting. Okay. Um, but I was standing beside Alex, Alexandria, and uh, she, our relationship has a whole lot of kind of strand she didn't come from my youth group she was part of our combined college ministry and so there was the mentor mentee kind of leader um dynamic and then as is normal as kiddos grow up and become young adults and then adults the 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 flavors the 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 colors of the relationship change and you can become friends and just those dynamics but my point is um so proud of Alex. She's um, she's in Bible college and she's working her way into a um, teaching role. Um, but she was talking about I'm getting to a point. Stay with me. She was talking about um how reading her Bible to study for school, reading her Bible to prep for a teaching, and how she has fallen into the trap of allowing that to check off her daily time set apart with Christ, like to sit in the text and to read uh, for ourselves. I wonder how much of that, um, I know in my own life, because she was asking me you know, do you deal with that? How do you deal with that? What are some of the rhythms that you have in place, you know, to kind of safeguard that? And, um, I wonder if that, if it's that way with people in different areas, worship ministry areas, uh, what, not just teaching, it could be music or, um, are you in charge of everything that's on the screens, like building out pro presenter and all that stuff?
1: Yeah. I've got an awesome team, uh, of volunteers that, uh, helps out so much day in and day out, Uh, but I'm, I'm over that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so, um, yeah, so it is that to your point, it's being intentional to set up those, those third spaces, that other time and space. Um, but human nature is I work at a church. I'm in the church every day. I'm, I'm working every, how many services on Sunday, you know, you just go right on down the list. I'm checking those boxes, um, but as people who are in vocational ministry, I feel pretty strongly that we gotta be intentional to establish those rhythms and then guard those rhythms, um, and in my experience, a big key to that is accountability, yeah. And and so it's like I'm in a text thread with Connor and uh, Matt Praisewater. Um, and so every day, literally every day, we check in. Um, and <clears throat> that's one guy that's up at Hallsville and another guy that's in, in Bonaire, Georgia. Okay. Um, but there's different things. Do you have that? It, talking about authentic community, do you have those accountability partners and people that are keeping you in check? You know, how is it with your soul? Are you in your rhythms? Uh, do you have that? Somebody. Your age and kind of this stage of life.
1: Yeah, I do, and uh, that's been another battle for sure because I naturally don't want that. Um, right. I'm, I'm like a mega introvert, um, and probably that comes from growing up in the woods, you know, like you said. Um, yeah. But uh, I really believe that I can do it on my own, uh, and time and time again, that's been proven to be wrong. So I've had to learn that that as as much as I feel like I can, you know, go out on my on my own i cannot uh and so yes i've got um quite a few people brandon being one of them uh, yes like brandon and i are co-workers yes but so much more than that like really one of my closest friends and uh he's certainly that to me and i think i'm that for him um one of my best friends dylan drew he's a uh, an incredible man of god just somebody i look up to a great deal um, and we you know he, he's the guy that knows everything about me you know like there's yeah no, yeah yeah no no corner left unturned uh, for him and then I've got um, other incredible friends too that are another one of my best friends Luke and Landon um, incredible men of God in my life and, and their wives are awesome. Uh, awesome Drew Gandy is another guy uh, so there's just and I could name a lot more probably sure. people out but uh, that's kind of my inner circle uh, people that I really can go to with anything and will call me out when they see uh, when they see me withdrawing or seems like I'm struggling with stuff um and I see them on the weekly at least if not mm-hmm. multiple times a week um, so I've I've learned to really prioritize that and learn to find a lot of joy in that um uh, but that was that was certainly its own struggle was getting to that point
0: yeah yeah and it, it's so hard because especially as men like not in a macho way or whatever but um so I have a real real heart for men's ministry specifically mm-hmm and just in my background and things that I've done in my life. Um, but so often, men specifically want to go it alone. And we, yeah. we think that we can do things on our own. And uh, the authentic side of community there to where you give somebody permission to call you out. And when they do check in, you don't bluff them, right? So it's yeah. like, you ask, you love me enough to ask me a question. I'm going to love you enough to give you the honest answer even if it, um, you know, maybe maybe not what, something that I want to share. It's interesting that you say you got one guy that knows everything about you. That's actually really, really um, uh, impressive to me. So I have three, but um, as a defensive person, I always worry that any one of them could, could like, Take me down or whatever, which sounds sure. ridiculous. So I'm diversified. There's three guys collectively, and they don't know each other. But those three <laughs> guys collectively, there's nothing about me that somebody walking this planet doesn't know. Yeah. Um, but which just sounds silly to say out loud. But it's very true. Uh, but that's huge, you know. As as believers, to have that accountability, to have that community, to have those parts and pieces in place especially doing vocational ministry because when we're not um, when 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 we're not um, motivated and we're not feeling it to stay in those rhythms and to get up and go through our processes um, is is a key piece. It's like before we came on I prayed I I'm not sure why just spiritually but I prayed that you would always have somebody pouring into you. Um uh, I guess the Holy Spirit thing there, but um as somebody who is always pouring out to others, serving people, loving people, trying to go the extra mile um to tend to people, it's very, very important to always have somebody pouring or somebody's uh, pouring in to you because you can't pour from an empty vessel, right and uh so I'm thankful for brandon that guy is. Freaking amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that guy, he's a rarity in my life. Usually you hear about somebody and then you encounter them and get to know them. And the longer you journey with them, the less you think of them. I don't know if that's been (laughs) your experience. But in my old life, like I hear things about people and I have high expectations and I meet them and we begin to hang out. And then it's like as their character unfolds, I think, oh, he has not been that way. Yeah. Uh, the longer that I've journeyed with him and the deeper that we go, the more I'm impressed by his character, his integrity, just who he is as a human. Um, what a gift to have him in your life you know pouring into you.
1: Absolutely. What I love about him is he does not try to uh, he doesn't try to fit any picture of him that you think he should have. Yeah, um, like he's a very unique pastor in my experience that um, he, he cares in the right way of what mm-hmm. he looks like and how he comes across because, you know, like he's a good man and he wants to come across that way. But at the same time, he doesn't try to be all things for all people and he's just himself. Um, and like you said, like he, he doesn't push those those good qualities right away. He doesn't try to show off or make himself mm-hmm. look like all this. But those things are really revealed as you get to know him. Uh, yeah. He's very secure in that and very humble in that. Uh, so I totally agree. He's been such a good friend and a good example of you know how to be a minister in whatever regard that looks like.
0: Yeah. Yeah, man. So uh, other things that I've made notes here. Uh, you talked about navigators. And that yeah. was really so the importance of your grandfather, your family, your grandfather pouring into you the spiritual development then, and then to be baptized at 10. And then there's kind of this, um, hibernation from 10 to 17 or 18. Um, I love the way that God works through relationships. So through the music program being launched at, at, uh, CMU and you finding your way there, uh, is that when you connected with the navs, with the navigators ministry was as a freshman at CMU?
1: Yeah. Um, and it's funny, like I cannot remember the first time I met Clayton is the guy that was the the director at the time, Clayton Kreisel, okay. and his wife, Amanda. Okay. Um, incredible, incredible people If he discipled me um, and was one of the huge factors that led to me really starting to walk with the Lord. Um, mm-hmm. So I cannot remember how I got started there, to be honest with you. Like, mm-hmm. I don't remember the first time I met him. I don't remember the first time I went to NAVS. So I don't know exactly what happened there. But I just kind of found myself in this community uh, of people that were real and just passionate for the Lord. Um, And then I do remember the time that Clayton asked me if I wanted to to do discipleship with him. Mm -hmm. And I remember because it was like really scary. Uh, I was incredibly, incredibly shy and closed off. Um, Probably am those things still, but was much more so at the time. And so the idea of opening up to somebody and talking about My struggles and you know whatever they wanted to talk about uh it was really really frightening Uh, and i didn't know him well at the time but uh yeah he began discipling me and that was uh, all through the navigators through that program Uh, so it was huge i mean i don't know where i would be without that organization and without clayton and amanda Uh, so absolutely foundational and instrumental in my faith
0: And that's one thing that I press when I was doing youth ministry, college and career age ministry, but um, I I try to tell young people who are going on to college campuses, uh, even people who are staying local and living at home, but then commuting in uh, for classes, we hammer, just hammer, get connected with a campus ministry. And I'm always dumbfounded by just how few of students actually do that. It drives me crazy because um, I understand the, that it, it is uncomfortable, right? And so it's um, new places, new faces, new environments, all of those things, uh, trying to find a spot that fits and it's inconvenient. I've learned that most things in obedience to the Lord are uncomfortable and inconvenient. More times than not, if we're being obedient to the Spirit's leading and guiding, we're going to be drawn into these places that are uncomfortable and, and yeah. most often inconvenient. You know, every every once in a while, it's places of comfort and convenience. Um you know, like us meeting and hanging out and beginning to form a relationship, comfortable and convenient. But more times than not, uh, it's in these places of discomfort, uncomfort, and, um, and inconvenience. And so just in, what is this, episode 19, there's a common thread. There's so many threads that are running through these episodes, but one has been the importance of people when they're 18 to 22, Getting plugged into campus ministries, like I think about my friend Rev, uh, Trevor Ward, whatever episode he was, he talked about the Wesley Foundation and how instrumental he met his wife there and pivotal that was, you with the NAVs, um, just multiple people who are talking about the importance of staying connected to authentic communities of faith in this self-discovery, because I don't know... Uh, I guess there's, everybody's different, but for me, in my opinion, there's kind of these windows of self-discovery, and the first major, major one is when we turn 16 and get a little independent so we can drive, you know, there's accountability there, and integrity or lack of begins to show up (laughs) but then this huge season of development when we go when, when we hit 18 and we're legally adults and we go into that 18 to 22 18 to 24 um that is really the first pivotal kind of formational season of the rest of our lives and who we become um i would say that that marriage um is, is another pivotal and then uh, parenthood mm-hmm. um, Obviously is another pivotal but but I don't I don't know that that any is more instrumental in our development as people and Christians is that 18 to 24 18 to 26 and um, so the navigators is that a that's a national? Group is that? I'm not familiar with the Navs. I mean, I am yeah. from you and hearing Tim talk about navigators and um, that, so that's a national ministry.
1: Yeah, uh, international actually. Okay. Uh, so it's it's based in Colorado Springs. And, okay. um I know like a fair amount about it, but I'm. It's sort of a unique situation with our campus. Okay. Um, so our directors, Brooke and Luke, are employees of the Navigators, but like we're partnered with Faith Family here, which is I believe awesome. completely unique to our situation. Okay. So it's like, they're also employees of the church. Um, it's a little bit of a different dynamic, but I'm yeah. a little bit, I'm a step further removed from that where my, my main position is the media and technology, but then a portion of that is helping them out with the navigators. Mm-hmm. Um, so all that to say, my understanding is a little bit lacking from what a true navigator staff member would have, but I'll sure. do my best. Uh, but based in Colorado Springs, it uh, was started in, I think, 19, in the 40s uh, by a guy named Dawson Trotman. Uh, it was in, he was in the Navy and started uh, meeting with guys to read the Bible. And it started with, I think, just like one guy and then grew a little bit, grew a little bit until it was a pretty big group on this battleship. And, hmm. uh, and some of the captains or higher ups uh, kind of heard about it and wanted to figure out what was this underground meeting about uh and so they met up with dawson and talked about it and they said that's fine you can keep doing it but you need a name and so he kind of on the spot i think said we're the navigators uh, wow so i might be mixing up some of that story but that's the gist of it. <laughs> yeah uh, but since then uh it's grown into a huge organization that sends missions all over the world uh, i'd say their focuses are uh, missions and like young adult ministry so okay. there's a huge emphasis on uh, college ministry. So there's campuses all across the nation. And I think there's a couple college campuses internationally uh, and then mission trips all over the world. Um, so we've sent, just like our campuses sent trips to Uganda and uh, South Korea and uh, probably some other ones that I'm not thinking of right now. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's a very big organization, but they really give a lot of autonomy to individual campuses. So it, it really feels like our ministry, which is special. So
0: Sweet, man. Yeah. So, um, so are you seeing, is there, it sounds like you said it's unique. Is there a cross-pollination? Are you seeing students from the Central Methodist University Navigators? Are they showing up at Faith Family on Sunday mornings mm-hmm. to worship with you all?
1: They are, yeah. So we, uh, I don't know about encourage because there's lots of options. There's many different churches in town, but we certainly share, like, if you're looking for a place to worship, come do so at Faith Family. Uh, So there's certainly that communicated to them. And we probably have, I would say most of them actually attend Faith Family. So we probably have 35 or 40 students.
0: Praise um, God, man!
1: Consistently coming to Navs, and of yeah. that, probably twenty come to Faith Family. So
0: that's awesome. That's yeah. that's because there was always a gap. I, I say always in our context, there was a gap. Mm-hmm. Thursday nights was church for our for yeah. the majority of our young adults, and and. Um, not to pad numbers, not for a look, not for the church to get young or all those different motives, but really just wanting young adults to connect in the overall life of the Little C Church. Um, there was always this gap uh, trying to get our 20-somethings to come to Sunday morning worship. And, um, um you know, thankfully, eventually, one of the local churches that poured into our combined ministry saw the need and really, really made an effort to graft in, to get young and and to get um, relevant and to try to graft in those 20-somethings, and it worked. Uh, Connor was a big piece in that. Um, So that's awesome. That's that's extremely encouraging that the navigators at CMU are are connecting to a larger faith community and getting plugged in to the life of your local church that's that's amazing man
1: yeah it's uh, super powerful and we're uh, yeah just so thankful for that unique yeah. relationship it's been really really cool
0: so I want to ask you about discipleship you said that did you yeah. say Clayton is that name right Clayton yep mm-hmm discipled you. So years ago, years and years ago, it bothered me, you know, uh, the text, go therefore make disciples of all the nations, you know, and so you can, you can, I did this one time, you can go to just, you can just throw a dart, you can go to almost any church's website, and if they've posted a mission statement um, or a core values statement, it's going to have something about make disciples, right? And, uh, but then the, the part that really bugged me is if you called those places, which I did a few because they were friends of mine and, and you ask, okay, the goal of the church is to make disciples, like, like the actual, um, commission is to make disciples what are you doing to make disciples? Like, what's your what's your discipleship program look like? And I would get answers like, well, we have Sunday morning worship and we have men's Bible study and we have this and we have that. And I'm like, no, like, what is your actual discipleship process? Like, not your ministry offerings and these different lanes of ministry. Like, what, how do you disciple people? And I forget now how many I called, but it was a lot, double digits. Yeah. And there was like one place said oh this is what we do bop 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 you know and they just kind of went down the list and what their process looked like so what did that process look like with you and Clayton or with the Navigators or with Faith Family like um you say that he discipled you and took you through that process in your experience what was that what did that look like?
1: Yeah um too true I mean it's such a huge commandment and like really I feel like the whole purpose of the church is discipleship. And anyway, not to reiterate what you said, but I totally agree. Uh, so for Navigators, it's uh, it's huge, uh, absolutely huge, both in the context of the international organization, but also our campus. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably if we had to forgo either the weekly meetings or discipleship, we would, we would ditch the big meetings and just do discipleship. Amen. Uh, man. It's just so important. Uh, mm-hmm. So for Clayton, uh, he, man, he discipled me for like two years. So there was a lot of ground covered. Uh, and he had a whole library of, of tools, you know, worksheets, um, booklets that walk you through either a topic or a section of scripture. Uh, we would do, we did some evangelism training. We would go out and talk to people. Um, I think I remember one time we just sat down and read like the entire book of Romans in one sitting, which is really powerful. Um, but just devoted to prayer and diving into the word and, and teaching, um, uh, mm-hmm. really one-on-one it was actually one on two. Another one of my best friends, uh, Arnold is his name. Who's, uh, he's living out in California now. So yeah, I know Arnold. Of... yeah, that's right. You do.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I uh, got to meet Arnold. He's awesome.
1: He's also one of my best friends under the yeah. sun. Uh, and, you know, we should have everything. him on.
0: We should have Arnold on this thing.
1: He would be, he, yeah. You could talk for hours and hours to him. That would be really awesome. Yes. Uh, I can make that connection if you want. But yes, be awesome.
0: let's do it.
1: Yeah. So it was actually a one-on-two. So Clayton disciple both of us together. Okay. Um And so it was just there was no cookie cutter. It was clear that he had sort of a, a rough process and a. Um, sort of a list of categories that he felt like were important to impart to us, Uh, but there was no step-by-step procedure because everybody's different. And that was really clear to me. Uh, He was willing to be flexible and and make changes and really do whatever he could to accommodate for what we needed spiritually. Mm -hmm. Uh, So yeah, whether it was uh, reading the Bible together, whether it was just praying for each other, going out and training uh, just doing fun stuff sometimes, you know, mm-hmm. whatever that looked like. Um, there was, again, kind of a body of, of information and a body of, of preparation that he had put in to draw from. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was very much relational and just focused on like pursuing the Lord together. Cool. Um, so that's certainly something I've I've tried to bring into my life as I begin to disciple and I, just to be honest with you, feel like very inadequate and unprepared mm-hmm. to be discipling, but I have yeah. been for a couple of years now. And uh, and despite me and in spite of me, um, you know, the Lord has done some amazing things. But yeah. Uh, yeah, it's I've really learned that it's it cannot be cookie cutter. It can't be step by step, uh, but there's also a great deal of preparation and work that goes into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's certainly what he modeled for me.
0: And that was my next question is is the way that he that Clayton went about it with you and Arnold is it repeatable but it sounds like it was there was enough structure but it was loose enough so is is the way that Clayton went about discipleship with the two of you in your opinion is that repeatable? Can you take what he modeled and repeat it?
1: Yeah um, the overall you know the vision I think is repeatable <laughs> and the, the intention the purpose behind it uh, yeah, if we were to do, you know, one-to-one what he did day one is yeah. what I would do day one and all yeah. the way through to the end, probably not, uh, cause we all learned at different paces yeah. and, uh, me at a very low pace, very slow pace. Mm-hmm. Um, so he probably had to, you know, bump things down for me quite a bit. Uh, but I think the, the heart, the intention, the vision behind it is not only repeatable, but something I really want to repeat because it was yeah. so pure and so focused. Yeah, uh, but in terms of the exact process, probably not. Uh, okay. Although I have I've drawn from his body of resources, like he gave me a whole big Google Drive folder full of resources to draw from, so I've used those quite a bit. Awesome. Um, so yeah, I think bits and pieces and, and the overall vision, but in terms of day to day, I think that's got to be person specific.
0: Yeah, yeah. So we the reason I ask all that I'm fascinated by discipleship. I think the church especially the North American church, but I think the church fails um, at at discipleship. And that's not, I'm not being ugly in any way. It's just an observation. Sure. Um, I think that we should be focused on discipleship. I think the church exists to create disciples, to woo people yeah. out of the world and into um, a relationship with Jesus and to equip them then to repeat the process. And so um, we worked for a long, long time. I say we, just a lot of people in connected ministry worked on how do we how do we flesh out a one-on-one discipleship process that's repeatable. Yeah. Um, and because buy-in is so low it's like, so when you go to a person, so you see the flicker of the Spirit of God in them, you can tell that they're right on that cusp of breaking over into freedom, and you know in your knower that, you know, if we could just take them through these processes, that they would open themselves up and ignite, and then off to the races, you know, and so what does that look like, what, so we, we, Over the course of years, came up with an 18-week process, Um, and um, it's not black and white for sure, and it's certainly not perfect. Um, It is repeatable, so I mean, it is. The thought process is: as a person finishes, they should be equipped then to be able to go and invite another person into that relationship and repeat the process um, I was just curious. You said, you said discipleship several times and talked about Clayton. I'm always fascinated by the way that different communities of faith, you know, churches and relationships go about discipleship. So, um, yeah, so changing gears again, and so to talk about, um, the creative side your creative side and um so impressive man as a creative certainly not digitally um but as a person who is artistic and loves to create uh, with leather and different kind of media um so at what point, like at what age did you realize that you are, that you were drawn into the arts, uh, whether that be music or, or digitally, like, when did you realize, okay, this is, this is, this is how God made me.
1: Yeah. At some point I want to come back to, to your stuff. Cause that sounds really interesting. So I want What's to hear stuff? about your like uh, leather leatherworking.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 What
1: do you, what kind of stuff do you do with that?
0: Um, well it was out of necessity actually so i rodeoed for a living um for 16 years yeah yeah and um so that's what i did uh, for the majority of my young adult life um and so i fought bulls for a living and then rode saddle bronc horses and um the first pair of shaps that i ever had as a bronc rider i loved they fit me well Uh, they were made by a guy out in hayes kansas Um, Lester Sims was his name, and eventually they wore out, and I tried uh, different chaps from different makers, and none of them fit me the way that I liked, and Lester had retired. And so I I reached out to a couple, they're friends of mine now, but at the time I didn't know them, a couple of the main makers in the nation to see if I just shipped them my old leggings. Would they use those as a template and just kind of recreate what I knew I wanted? And none of those guys were willing to do that. They just wanted to sell me their product, which I understand. And so I just decided I'll I'll learn how to make them myself, you know? And so I sat down, um, at my parents' house and took an X-Acto knife and cut every stitch out of those first pair of leggings and dissected them. And then I went to, uh, Walmart and bought poster board and just took a pencil and cut out all those pieces. And, uh, I used those as templates, uh, ordered raw goods, um, from, at the time, Tandy Leather, which um, I know now wasn't the greatest. But, um, yeah, and just so from necessity, um, did all that. Built my first pair of shaps for myself because I knew what I liked and I knew what I wanted. And um, because I was at rodeos, like 60 rodeos, 60 to 70 rodeos a year. You know, there's wow. only 52 weeks in a year so 60 to 70 rodeos a year i was with guys um weekend weekend day at day in day out and they would see my leggings and they'd be like those are really really cool who made them and i did and so then that opened the door to begin building shaps and uh so for the first two years i did not have the confidence or think that the product was good enough to charge people um and these were my friends and so I just told them if you'll buy the materials, I'll build your leggings for free. And I don't know how many pairs of shaps I built those first couple of years. It was a lot, Josiah. I mean a lot. And um after the first few years I got to where I felt comfortable and confident with what I was doing and um really did believe that I had a good product. And so then I started taking orders and building shops. Um to supplement my income because we got married and the boys were born. And yeah, so that's, uh, thank you for asking that question. Yeah, so that's that was my introduction to leather work. And then um, I have an obsessive personality. So anything that I take an interest in, it's just like this super intense, deep dive.
1: Yeah, I feel you. Like and
0: uh, got completely immersed in the art of leather work and... Mm. Um, began to invest time um and money um and um yeah so started carving and tooling leather, doing a lot of from shaps, started building belts and day planners and wallets and stuff, and then beyond that really got into the artistic side of things like large pieces and um, you know, kind of I guess kind of painting, but through carving and tooling and um, yeah. So what I learned way too late in life is that, um, jokingly, I call it civilians, but people in the non-Western world, yeah. if you can make like journals and, and, um, keepsakes things for people that have, and it's not super artistic, but it will have like brands or initials or, um what do they call it? The monogram, uh, yeah. deal, you know, uh, if you can build that stuff, people will pay you a lot of money, um, to do custom stuff like that. And I learned that way too late. I should have been doing that. <laughs> I should have been doing the civilian work way, way sooner. Um, cause, cause people in the Western industry, specifically rodeo, you know, you're working hard and, and, uh, you know, you don't want to spend a whole lot. You want to save as much right. as you can. And so anyway, thank you for asking that that um that I still uh, have all the equipment stuff just been so busy with ministry at some point we're gonna merge the simplify stuff in the leather work and I'm gonna start doing a lot of really custom leather stuff with simplify in it yeah and make that available through the site but so back to you um this this go ahead I'm sorry
1: oh, I was just gonna say I, I may be a customer because I have some stuff in mind.
0: I would build you stuff just as a gift. Yeah, let me know.
1: Uh, yeah, it'd be simple. Um,
0: yeah, and that uh, I've done a lot of camera straps actually, custom camera straps. That's uh, what I was like going to say. Yeah, carve scripture and stuff in for people and um, scenery, mountains and stuff in. Yeah, and I would uh, love to do that for you. Um, just a gift to you, but so at what age did you realize like that God had given you this ability to create and were, were at, what, at what age did you, were you cognizant of this kind of draw to the arts?
1: Yeah, um, thinking back, uh, I think the first time I really felt that was, um, I grew up like watching like skateboard videos and stuff. Like it yes. was something I was really interested in as a kid. And I uh, grew up on a, on a gravel road uh, and like never got out really. So it was like not really something I could get into. Yeah. Uh, but I really enjoyed like watching those types of videos and, uh, and any kind of like extreme sports videos. Like when GoPros started rolling out, I was yes. like, that is the coolest thing I've ever seen. And I want something to do with that. Um, so I think like eventually uh, for Christmas or something, I like begged and pleaded for a GoPro. Uh, and I think it was probably like, 14 or so, okay, and uh, and my parents got me a GoPro for Christmas, and it was like the most exciting gift I'd ever received, and I uh, just started filming everything, uh, whether it was like this time of year if there was you know a dusting of snow on the ground, me and my brothers and my cousins would go and and do like snowboarding on whatever hills we could find, <laughs> and make these really pathetic videos um, or whatever it was you know just jumping on the trampoline like whatever stuff kids do, um, just like started filming stuff and, and learning how to edit mm-hmm. on our ancient computer that would barely run. And, uh, just, you know, started kind of making videos. That was really the start of it. Uh, probably around early teen years, something like that.
0: Yeah.
1: And, uh, just kind of messed around with that for a little bit, uh, through high school, uh, probably kind of forgot about it a little bit as, you know, you get older, those things, Oh yeah you know, you lose some of that creativity and that fun aspect. Uh, So I think kind of fell away for a little bit. Uh, I think probably what really kicked off my pursuits of like video and photo where I went to work at a church camp up in Minnesota, Mm -hmm. in uh, Pine River, Minnesota called Trout Lake Camps. Uh, I went first in, I think the summer of 2017, and I was the the worship coordinator that year. Uh, So I It was, you know, I had gone to study music ministry and a little side story, like uh, the Lord kind of offered that to me through my friend Landon. And I was very, very unprepared to do that job, uh, incredibly unprepared. And uh, yet I think he called me to do it. And uh, so I went up there by myself and committed to the whole summer, which is really scary. Uh, But I was (laughs) was the worship coordinator there for for a summer, uh, leading worship twice a day six days a week for uh, wow. first through fifth graders. Wow. And uh, it, was, it was phenomenal. It was the best summer of my life, uh, incredible time. Um, so I did that for, let's see, did I do that for two summers? Yeah, two summers I did that, I think. And then the third summer, I came back as the photographer. So I wanted to come back again, but uh, I, I wanted to try something else. And uh, the guy that had hired me from that camp uh, said that they were looking for a photographer still. And, uh, I had never really taken any photos of any quality, uh, but he said he would teach me. And I guess he saw something in me that I could, uh, you know, be good for that job. So yes, I went out that third summer and they handed me a camera and he started to teach me how to take photos. And it was, uh, it was like a whole nother echelon of creativity just opened up, um, like really connected with it. And, uh, it was just phenomenal, like a super fun time taking pictures of kids doing all these activities and uh yeah, just opened opened another door in me creatively. Mm-hmm. So I, I uh, saved up that whole summer and spent all the money I made at camp on my first camera, like awesome. first proper camera when I got yeah. back and uh started making silly little videos again of it was a camping trip or, or whatever that looked like and, and starting to take photos and uh I'm sure you've experienced this and you touched on it a little bit with your leather working, but it's, it's so funny to me how something you think is so good can look so pathetic, like a year later, mm-hmm. <laughs> like when you first start out, it's like, I think this is really good. And then mm-hmm. you, you know, work on it for a year and you go back and look at what you did and it's like, man, this is, I don't want anybody else to see this. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's kind of been my like a cyclical experience. Even, you know, even if something I put out a year ago now, I'm like, man, I, I had no idea what I was doing. Uh, so
0: let me ask you, not to interrupt your train of thought, but let me no, ask no. you. So, the, so the carnal side, like the pride side, is there a part of you that like wants to take that down? Do you wrestle with that at no, all, or no? I lost you, Ben. Uh oh, I'm sorry. Okay, um, you're back. I I was asking, like, so the carnal side, like the the pride side, yeah. is there a part of you that wrestles with the temptation to go back and take that stuff down so people can't see it? Do you have to deal with that, or no?
1: I don't know that I wrestle with it because I do that. (laughs) Oh, you take it down. Dude,
0: don't, don't take it down.
1: I just took down a couple of videos like a couple of weeks ago.
0: Oh Uh, man. I would encourage you to put them back up. But anyhow, it's good to know that, you know, Connor and I talk about that a lot. Um, Different people that, that, you know, we're in relationships like this Uh and that, 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 It's the carnality is there, but it chronicles our growth, dude. Like you look back, you know, we are our own worst critic, right? Mm -hmm. And um, you look back and it's like, gosh, you know, I've learned this and this and this since then. Other people don't see it that way, but yeah, um, yeah, sorry to interrupt your train of thought, but I'm with you on that. I don't know any creative I've not met And am not, and am in, I have not met, and I am not in relationship with any creative that doesn't struggle with that. Yeah. Like the pursuit of perfection or whatever you want to call it.
1: And I think it's, I think it's good in some ways. I think it reveals that you are growing. Um, Yeah. You know, if I look back five years ago and said, this is the same quality as the stuff I'm doing right now, like that's probably a bad sign. Yeah. but yeah, no, you're you're right about. Uh, I shouldn't be afraid of those things. It does chronicle the journey, and I, I keep them. I don't delete them. I just yeah, set them to private or something. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's a real thing.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I didn't mean to interrupt your train of thought, but that's something that um, friends of mine and I talk about all the time. I got a friend right here in in Middle Missouri that's a cabinet maker and. And a custom cabinet maker, and he talks about when he delivers goods, he knows every flaw. Yeah. Like, you you hand it to the end user, and they look at it, and they're like, this is awesome, you know, <laughs> thank you so much. And you're like, oh, you're welcome, it was fun to build, but in the back of your mind, it's like, this and this and this and this is wrong. Yeah. You know.
1: Yeah, not to over-spiritualize, but this is just kind of coming to me, like, yeah how how incredible is it that the Lord makes us and sees all those imperfections, like all those flaws, everything that nobody else sees, even more yes. than we notice, and yet has like so much pride in that work. Uh, yeah. That's, that's amazing.
0: Yeah, the text says he delights. Yeah, he's our um, masterpiece.
1: Yeah, even
0: with the imperfections, you know, right. and and doesn't go back and take down the, <laughs> the other posts, you know, it's like, yeah, uh, yeah that's, that's a good, good word. Yeah, so you get this camera, you save your money. I love that. So you save your money, work a whole summer taking photographs. Your eye is amazing. I think that's one thing that I appreciate most about looking through stuff that you post and things that you've done, whether it be still photography or the videography, yeah. is is angles are are angles and um just your eye because it's it's non-traditional it's unconventional at least to me i don't know what i'm talking about but i know what i'm seeing and it's it's unusual in a beautiful way um is there somebody or somebody's that you subscribe to or read or watch or people that inspire you in that way i mean how how i guess what i'm asking is like where does that style come from
1: yeah that's a Great question. Um, I've thought a little bit about like who are my influences, and uh, probably not enough. I'm not like I'm not super into. I don't have a whole list of directors that I love, and a whole mm-hmm. list of cinematographers. I mean, um, there's certainly movies I can point toward that are like breathtaking and just incredible. Um, oh yeah, I just saw uh, the boys in the boat. I don't know if you've seen that yet. I have. Uh, it's phenomenal, incredible movie. Um, but I, I think like really is just sort of taking bits and pieces from anything and everything I've consumed over my life. Um, mm-hmm. And I think I've learned that I am not a traditional like schoolroom learner. Um, if you tell me to go study a textbook for an hour and be ready to cover this chapter, like not going to happen. I mean, I'll grind it out and do my best, but it's it's an uphill battle. Mm-hmm. But like little bits and pieces like um, like certain aspects of, of visual arts. Like I can just remember certain, certain moments in my life where I'd noticed like specific lighting, which is really random. Like Mm -hmm. I was in a, I was in Peru in high school for a service trip. I just remember like specifically one kind of snapshot in my mind of like where I was standing, where the sun was and the sunset was coming in and kind of like casting a, a light through the trees. Um, like there's a handful of like those sort of snapshots that I have that I don't remember really thinking about like that at the time but they're stored somewhere up here yes Um, and so I think I've just kind of had I think everybody has certain things that catch their eye that connect with them that stick with them um, for the rest of their lives and I think for Mm -hmm. me it's just it's for some reason it's these mental snapshots of whether Mm -hmm. it's light or whether it's angles or some sort of pattern or something. Um, it's, I don't think it's something you can always teach. I think you can sort of teach it, but mm-hmm. some of it I think is just sort of like, that's what catches my eye in the same way that for you, maybe, um, I don't know, like a certain pattern or a certain, mm-hmm. like the, the way a, a leather good fits your body or something like that, like mm-hmm. that would be totally lost on me. I would never notice that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think we're all kind of gifted with these things that connect with us and these things that interest us. Uh, I notice that a lot with, with kids. Um, so I do youth ministry um, in my spare time, <laughs> yeah. uh, and uh, it's really fun to to like find those those little windows into the interest of you know, a young man or something. When you can find what mm-hmm. he's interested in, like a super closed off kid that'll not give you the time of day, but you you know you figure out something that he likes and you start talking to him about it. Like Mm -hmm. you're suddenly in, you can totally up to that, totally open up to that person and he'll do the same to you. Uh, So all that rambling to say, uh, I think some of it's just sort of the way we're wired. Uh, Mm -hmm. And so all through my life, I think I've just kind of picked up on uh, how do these cinematographers and these films that I love, how do they capture light? How do these photographers that made these photographs, how do they, you know, freeze a moment, uh, Mm -hmm. capture this, this. Tiny little snippet in time. Uh, So, influences, to get back to your original question. Yeah. um, I don't know, there's, I watch a lot of YouTube, probably too much YouTube, and there's like the whole YouTube cinematographer thing that's um, a little bit silly because a lot of those people are not really actually making films, but there's kind of that movement that I subscribe to, that a lot of my style comes from. Okay. Uh, And then certainly just like, different movies that i've picked up on kind of subconsciously but mm-hmm. i wish i had a more thought out answer for you but i don't really have a list of like these are my yeah. influences um yeah i could probably sit down and write that out but i don't sure. have a ton of that on the top of my head
0: yeah no not at all that's the cool thing about this podcast is there's no you know there are no i didn't send you notes. tell hey, this is what sure, we're going right. to talk through and a lot of people like that um uh I know for me um whether it's preaching and teaching or whether it's leather work certainly when i was training horses and working with um that old dead guys old dead guys had stuff figured out man i mean yeah. you know i i say that all the time but but um in a lot of ways there's no sense in recreating the wheel um there there's a lot of it's kind of like ecclesiastes you know when the author talks about how there's nothing truly new under the sun yeah. and everything just rushes around to repeat itself yeah. and there's um being a nerd, uh, undercover nerd, a lot of the things that I read is from old dead guys. And then I see new things pop up and I'm like, that's actually not new at all. That was done, you know, in this time by these people. Um One thing, so I have several friends who are into photography and not kind of like in this, the running joke is, you know, everybody... <laughs> Everybody with a camera just uses their first and middle names and and then adds photography <laughs> at the end and next thing you know they're a photographer. Um not not those folks. If you're listening to this and you are one of those people, I don't mean that ugly. <laughs> but like the people who are gifted and who are actually pursuing photography and videography. One thing there's so much that I appreciate and love and respect and admire um about people like yourself. At the top of that list would be, I don't know that I've ever met a gifted photographer that doesn't have the ability to be fully present, mm. and and like to your point about this moment in Peru or or these different places and times, to have that eye and to understand this light is right at this moment or this is that and 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 there is a a thread of having to be fully present like completely present in that moment um and as somebody for as for somebody who struggles with that who really tries to make an effort to slow down and be fully present it's a characteristic that i admire but all of the gifted photographers and cinematographer people that i know they have that ability to, 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 to be fully present in a moment, complete awareness in that moment. Is that something that you experience? I mean, do you, are there those moments where things just kind of slow down?
1: Yeah, I think so. And I think some of it is, I think some of it's natural and I think some of it is um, really intentional and probably honestly fear driven. Um, I, you know, I'm I'm still a youngish guy, but like starting to, you know, 26 is the first birthday that was like, man, I'm starting to, starting to be an adult here and like oh, time yeah. is passing yeah. and, and this year has felt much shorter than the last year and, and that year shorter than the, the year before that. Yeah. so honestly, I think a lot of it is like fear driven of these moments are just flying by, um, mm-hmm. absolutely flying by. And so for me, like photography and video is kind of a way to preserve these moments, uh, oh, wow. to, to be aware and to like it's just so profound to be able to capture like a mm-hmm. split second in time mm-hmm. and to be able to go back to that like that instant in Peru uh, like I have no photo of that there's no picture that exists oh that's just that was just mental yeah mm-hmm. never oh I
0: missed that part so yeah. you didn't have a camera with you like that's just Correct. in your
1: yeah wow. and I've got I've got kind of a catalog of those of like these moments that I intentionally think of because I want to I want to keep them but I don't have that photo uh, yeah. and that's That's why I say I think some of it's wired, because that was like before I was even into photography at all, Mm -hmm. Um, and even moments like further back into childhood that are like these very vivid snapshots. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I think some of it is, I think some of it's gifting uh, of ability to be present. Like I think that's real, but I also know that I don't always have that. (laughs) Like that's that's a temporal thing. Um, I also daydream a lot and can find it hard to be present and can be kind of a space cadet sometimes. Uh, so there's another aspect that's very intentional because of that, like realization of how fleeting time is mm-hmm. and just the desire to kind of slow it down a little bit.
0: That's good, dude. So you've been so gracious with your time. I, I just kind of, before our time runs out, I want to talk about kind of, uh, the vision, the hopes, the dreams that God has planted in your heart with launch, um, Um, I know that, so for those of you that are listening, you can find Josiah uh, through our Simplify um, Instagram. uh, For sure, we're following him. Uh, Just today, I went and saw your launch page. And so through the Simplify project, if you look through there and just search launch, uh, you'll find um, that launch page. uh, The website, I guess, is under construction. You're working on that and getting that done and finished and ready to go out. Um, yeah, I,
1: I it was going and then I like yesterday um, pulled it down. I'm like totally redoing it. So oh, wow. it's, it's under renovation, but it'll be back up soon.
0: Awesome. So just want to talk about Hope's Dreams, kind of the future, what, what you envision in and through launch, um, your offering to the world um, through that work and then um, and then and then what services you offer because if there's folks uh who find this and listen to this that can use you and employ you um that would make me incredibly happy so let's just let's spend the time that we've got left just kind of talking through launch the the background of that hopes and dreams for it kind of what you're after
1: yeah thanks so much for the opportunity to to talk about it uh yeah so i'll open up with like the big challenge with it which has been kind of narrow like simplifying there you go common thread <laughs> yeah. simplifying uh what exactly the launch is i think uh you've got this podcast and, and this project i think i could easily start one called Overcomplicated complicated <laughs> uh, <laughs> because that's kind of my life right now like i really long <laughs> for simplicity and really value it uh yeah. but i i don't feel like my life is simple right now so i'm trying to get to that place uh, so it's so funny that like you've come into my life at this time and I'm excited to keep amen, getting to know amen. you and, and keep learning about how you do that. Um, but yeah, so I've been trying to define exactly what launch is. Uh, right now it's, it's branded as audio visual production. Um, okay. So it's like, uh, any kind of video content, whether it's commercial stuff, um, for small businesses, maybe it's showing off a product or, a space Um, like I I worked on a shoot with a coffee company last year that was a lot of fun Uh, awesome I did a video that was like a lot of drone stuff for a a custom home builder recently it is Uh, awesome that video
0: is awesome thank you that was
1: that was a super fun uh, project and there's a whole set of stories behind that trip and all that Uh, but uh, I've done a fair amount of weddings and, and weddings are like they're fine enough. Uh, it's not like something I want to do the rest of my life, but um, they're consistent work and they're usually enjoyable enough. And, you know, pay mm-hmm. the bills um, for photo. I haven't quite figured out how photo works into it yet, uh, to okay. be honest with you. So this is just super real. This is probably terrible marketing. But no, uh, this, this is where
0: what our people, folks who listen to this and actually stay hooked this long into an episode, yeah. you're speaking their language.
1: Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, not really sure where Photo works in, uh, but right now we're also offering audio services. Um, so, not to side rail us too much, but uh, audio okay. production is another one of my big passions and something okay. I've got quite a bit of experience in. So, I've been trying to build out my studio in Boonville um, where I can do recording and mixing, mastering, all that stuff. Yes. Uh, yeah. So, I think launch is probably going to become much more just video specific. Um, okay. and that this is congruent with the website being under construction. I think I'm going to mm-hmm. narrow it down quite a bit to being launched, you know, just video production is really our okay. goal. Not to say that I'm not willing to help out with those things or to, you know, serve people in those ways. Um, but really for me to define more like who's my ideal client, what's really our product we're offering. So that's mm-hmm. kind of all in the works right now, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, any kind of video production, whether it's event coverage, uh, commercial work, uh interviews uh you know potentially weddings uh for the meantime anyway uh, mm-hmm. and then like if people need audio services or or photo documentation of things um that's that's way too broad to be advertising so that's where it's like i got it's actually it not bit, though but.
0: i mean that that niche there so like we're re, re, we are rebuilding our website at the church sure and to have you come on to be able to hire you to come in i cannot wait i can't wait to get you on campus and just kind of turn you loose and yep. and so excited about what's going to come out of that but so for websites anybody listen to this um if you're building websites, and want to redo your website. Want photography, videography, voiceover. There's a part in our package that you put in. I have I have no idea even what that is, but I look forward to it. And sure. um, um, I mean, I know what voiceover is, but to see how you're going to take that and use it, um, I, I can't wait. I literally am so so excited about that. But I don't I don't know that the photography, videography, the audio piece. Like, I think about my friend Connor, who is episode one, um, to be able to record artists, musicians, um, um, really, really cool. So, so kind of hopes, dreams for the future, where do you envision launch going?
1: Yeah, um, really my, like my dream is just to be able to, uh, be creative full-time Awesome. And to have that be my income. Um, certainly not there yet, but that's, that's the, the dream. And, uh, honestly, there's like, that's part of the struggle is there's just so many things I have interest in so many mm-hmm. passions I have, whether it's photo or video or audio production, like those are all things I really, really enjoy. Um, yes. So the specific goal is kind of unclear. Uh, and that's what I'm working on narrowing down. But, um, yeah. the, the overall goal is I would love to be doing this full time, uh, you know, to be able to really pour my time and efforts into mastering a craft. Um, cause yes. yeah, like I said, right now it's like very complicated. I've got, uh, lots of different hats on right now and, and I enjoy them all. I, I really do, but at some point I want to begin to master something rather than just kind of be a lot of different places at different times. So yeah, yeah it's sort yeah. of an excuse to just do the stuff I love is really the goal.
0: And get paid for it. Exactly. Yeah. To or exercise to, your gifts yeah. and get paid for get paid for it is is um, would be an incredible way to make a living, provide for your future family, and that that uh and you love to travel. So uh, yes. whoever may find this, don't limit the idea that Josiah is in Middle Missouri. Um, dude loves to travel. You've been all over. Like I was looking through some of your pictures. Was it, did I find a video? Was it Switzerland? Did I see a video from Switzerland?
1: I've been so blessed to travel. Um, So Peru in high school and then I went on a mission trip to Romania uh, in 2016 and then a mission trip to Uganda in 2021, maybe. Uh, But I've been to Switzerland twice now. Um, Once was for a production company I was working with out of Columbia. We had like a little staff trip there and then I filmed a wedding there. Um, wow. in last October. Uh, so that video that I just put out last week um, yes. was residual from that trip. So, uh, yeah, I, I love travel. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, and really, I guess what I would say with launch right now is it's, it's sort of like discipleship. Um, like mm-hmm. it's, it's not cookie cutter. Um, there's, there's a pool of things I can offer that I feel like I can provide a uh, value to people. And whatever that is, I want to offer that. Um, yeah. So, like, for people out there, if, if you're looking for something, like, I'm confident in my ability to produce video, photo, and audio. And how that works together in, like, a really concise business plan, I'm not sure yet. Um, yeah. But I'm happy to offer any combination of those things to people wherever that may be. So that's awesome. that's, that's the more concise business pitch. But.
0: Yeah, man. And how, how would you prefer them reach out or contact you? How can yeah, they find you?
1: Probably the best would be email. Uh, so Josiah, J-O-S-I-A-H, at launch-av.com. Awesome. Uh, you can email me there or uh, I'm on Instagram. Just my full name, Josiah yeah. Key, J-O-S-I-A-H, K-E-E. And then we have a, a launch page as well. It's, I think it's launch-av uh, on Instagram. So any of those places would be great.
0: Yeah, I just found a launch page today. Um, and yeah, to follow along, uh both from my personal and from the Simplify project. Awesome. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome, dude. You've been so gracious. I know you're at work. I know that um you're sitting literally in the church uh <laughs> carving off some time to visit with us. Thank you so much. Uh for those of you that listen, once the Simplify um retreat actually takes place. You'll get a chance to meet Josiah. He'll be the one venturing around with cameras and videos and capturing all of our time together. I hope, and uh, so it'd be a cool moment, man, getting everybody in one place at one time. All these parts and pieces from different episodes uh, for people to actually meet one another in person, uh, to fellowship and and play hard and learn together, to worship together. Uh, I cannot wait at some point we're going to make that happen, but Josiah, thank you, uh, we'll have to have you on again. I've, I've been, uh, somebody suggested the other day that we kind of have these cross pollinations, so if we have Arnold on, maybe I'll have you and Arnold on,
1: yeah, um, go.
0: at the same time kind of build off of that. I'd love to have, um, like to have Brandon and Connor on at the same time, uh, uh, as I kind of think about people that we've interviewed and, and have kind of in the hopper coming, uh, different folks that I would love to connect. You and Michael Meeks would be amazing. But anyhow, thank you for carving off the time. Thank you for coming on. Uh, such a treat to introduce our tribe to you. And uh, I can't wait for you to get to know and, and do life with some of our people. Uh, thank you. You've been so gracious and honest, open, transparent. Uh, thank you, brother. I appreciate you.
1: Yeah, thank you. It's been such an honor. Um, so cool to hear more about these people that I've heard in other episodes, and I look forward to meeting them as well. Um, yeah, thank you for your time, and, and I would want to sit down and hear more about you at some point. You know, I feel like I have talked about you a whole lot, but I'd love to hear about you and your rodeo journey and how you got there to pastor, so you and I will need to sit down and Yeah, count me in. That'd be
0: great. All right, talk to you soon. See ya. See ya.